Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Traveling for college hoops this winter? Pro tip, stay at a graduate hotel. They're obsessed with college basketball, just like us. Each graduate hotel is like a shrine to the local team with lots of cool details for alumni. Nods to school colors, mascots. Why would you stay anywhere else? They have 30-plus hotels in the best college towns. And get this, you can save up to 30% with the code DUG. That's my name, D-O-U-G. Good at any graduate hotel, any location, up to 30% off. Book your basketball stays at graduatehotels.com. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like a full line of Redestein tires. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. All from TireRack.com. TireRack.com. It's the way the tire buying should be. Thanks for listening to the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 5 Eastern, 12 to Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at FoxSportsRadio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. America, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Hope you're great. The Doug Gottlieb Show broadcast live every day from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com. Help you get there. Unmatched selection, fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection. Over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com is the way tire buying should be. Well, stop me if you heard this before, but the L.A. Chargers played a close game, which their offense had the ball, and they lost. That seems like one of the stories. And there's a lot to it. There's some improvement in their defense, although there was a broken play on a third down that got the Cowboys in position to score what ended up being the game-winning touchdown. Uh, the Chargers went for it repeatedly on fourth down, did get it um, right around the goal line, but didn't get it around the goal line in a previous possession where they just could have you know, taken the three points, and that ended up being the difference. Dak Prescott played far, far better. They got the ball to C.D. Lamb. And the Cowboys win what amounts to a virtual home game in SoFi. Here's Justin Herbert. Okay. Just, just Justin Herbert, who, of course, look, he wasn't great. He wasn't terrible. But he missed several throws, including one that, by Troy Aikman's account, could have been a touchdown to Keenan Allen. Um, and, you know, what's, what's weird about that drive, it was, it was, the next to next to last drive, right? But they end up getting the ball back on a muff punt after a couple holding calls and scoring a touchdown. Nonetheless, here's Justin Herbert. How did things go with the finger today? Obviously, I mean, you played the second half with it, you know, a couple weeks ago, but just mm-hmm. how did you feel like you felt out there with, with the finger? You know, I, I thought our training staff did a great job preparing me and, and getting me ready to play, and I felt safe, like, you know, going out there and being able to take those hits and, and being covered, covering the ball and being safe with the ball. Um, so it, uh, it really didn't cross my mind too much. That last play with, with Quentin at the end on the interception, did you just walk through, like, what happened on that play? Was it uh, just the pressure that got to you, or was, was there a miscommunication? Yeah. I, I threw it, and the guy picked it off. He made a good play on it. Yeah, kind of, kind of matter of fact. Play before, I thought, 
this is me. I thought Kellen Moore got a little out of coach there, right? Uh, because previous to that, they're moving the ball down the field, getting close to midfield, and there's the two-minute warning. And then out of the two-minute warning, the Cowboys came after him with, I think, five or six on that on that snap. And Micah Parsons got home, and the next one he was under pressure and kind of stared down his wide receiver, threw it early, and then it was picked. But regardless of that play, or if they win, they lose, like th- that's not typical Justin Herbert. He he missed throws that he normally makes. He didn't play particularly. He didn't play well from his own standard. That's fair, totally fair. Um, and you know, like like Herbert's known to do, if you pay any attention, he didn't point fingers and he didn't over talk. Right? He just said, "Yep, guy made a good play, picked out the ball." Didn't blame his offensive line. Didn't blame anybody. Here's his head coach, Brandon Staley, on the loss. Herbert had a couple of uncharacteristic misthrows. Uh, did the hand thing, you think, affect him at all? No, it had more to do with the Cowboys. Derwin had a couple of 15 yards. Mm-hmm. Are you concerned at all that he might be getting a reputation that are looking for him? Jeff is that we can't have 30 yards to defensive, you know, penalties like that because it's worth a lot of yardage and it keeps drives alive. So, you know, we got to keep, you know, educating, which we do. And, you know, we got to make sure that we're penalty free because there's a lot at stake when you make penalties like that. It's easy to point the fingers and say the Chargers blew it. Let's also point out the Cowboys played really well, especially Dak Prescott. Here's Dak Prescott in the win. Coming off of the performance last week, uh, just wanted to respond. Uh, this game couldn't, I bet if you asked anybody in the locker room, this game couldn't come fast enough. I just want to get that taste out of your mouth and move forward. Um, that's what our message is really worth this week, but just about moving forward. Okay. I mean, I, look, I thought Dak was good. And we've been critical of Dak when he's not good. He had some drops of some really well-thrown balls. They seem to scheme up some stuff that worked pretty well. I do think the Chargers' defense, especially against run, was really good last night, right? And they made they made Dak run the football in the first half, which Dak was effective, but it, it eliminated Tony Pollard's ability to run the ball from scrimmage. It's a good, hard-fought game. Both teams failed in the red zone. Both teams ended up, you know, getting some success late. Both teams had some untimely turnovers. And the Cowboys, because of that touchdown to make it 17-10, they hold on, and the Chargers never get a field goal. And yet you look up, and there the Cowboys are. What are they, 4-2 and two on the year? And the Chargers are 2-3 and three on the year, coming off of a bye. They did look sharp. They did look fresh. But the inability, you've got to be able to put points up, more points up in the red zone, and they didn't, and ended up costing them. And then Micah Parsons made a great play late. Um. And look, again, I'm somebody who I'm, I've watched every snap Justin Herbert has ever taken. Every snap. That was probably bottom five games for him in terms of accuracy. Um, and yeah, he was under some pressure, but, you know, a lot of that is he can make some adjustments. He can dump it off. He wasn't seeing things as well, you know, as he probably should have. And... The, the, now they're in, now they're going to be in a dogfight to make the playoffs again because they got Chiefs next. Of the Lions, the Ravens. Yes, they have some the Bears. Yes, they have the Broncos twice, and yes, they have some other games that they can win. But they got some other games they can lose as well. Um, I'd also point out that while there were a lot of Cowboy fans, it didn't feel like seventy five percent Cowboy fans. It felt fifty fifty. I was not in the stadium, to be totally candid, so I don't know that for a fact. But I'll also tell you, and I think these guys can attest to it, because we've all now been to a game at SoFi, either Rams or Chargers, and with a couple exceptions, I think it's, it's Vegas and L.A. are the two best places to go watch a game because the fans are split half and half. And it, it makes for a much more exciting game. It makes everybody is into every play because every play does matter. You, if, it, is that fair, Jay Stu, when you've been there? Because like, most home stadiums you go to, right, it's all one team, not the other. And if that team's playing poorly, it's crazy quiet. If that team's playing well, it's loud until, you know, you get third quarter and then everybody kind of mails it in. I, I like the fact that it's a split crowd, even if it's 70-30 for the road team. 
especially those first couple of years at the uh, at the soccer stadium. Um, it was truly a just kind of a neutral, um, like I guess you would say, like almost international game where two teams just met somewhere and they were mostly the other team's fans. Um, yeah, SoFi has kind of evened it out a little bit, and I think that the Chargers having um, some success and having some some star power has maybe uh, brought some of the uh, the trendy fans out, but. Um, you know, li- listening to the game last night, just just listening to it, there there seemed to be like, as you said, an equal amount of cheering for both teams having success. And I don't know, I don't know if I'll ever quite reconcile that. That's just not usual. I don't know if I'll ever get to a point where I'm like, oh, that that's normal. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, are you completely selling your stock on the Chargers this year? No, no, I'm not selling stock. I think they have they have a great roster of players. You know, I've mentioned several times. You're probably sick of hearing this. This is this roster is constructed with Justin Herbert's rookie deal in place. There there is a lot of talent on this team. And if something can just happen to trigger a change, a shift, a uh, different energy, um then I, I I don't I'm not going to lose faith in this team because they have been in every single game as you know. I I like I mean like look I still like the team I think the defense is better. Um, I mean I think the offense is a lot better obviously with Eckler than it is without him. Uh, a little let down by the offensive line, but some of that is the Cowboys are good. Yeah, the the other part to it is, and I I think we make a we do a bad job of this generally in sports is, you know both teams are trying to win. We make games about one team and not the not the other. You know, both teams are trying to win, and it was an important game for the Cowboys. Cowboys celebrated that win as if it clinched them in the division. That was a I don't want to say backs against the wall, but considering how they had been really embarrassed the week before, you know, um, and that's like a LA is like a home away from home because they some of those dudes live there. They all they train there every off you know every training camp is is in Oxnard. Um, they always play, play every year there. That's part of Jerry's deal with the league. So I think the whole thing is fascinating that we make losses about, oh, same old Chargers. When the Cowboys were the ones that muffed a punt, they didn't muff a punt. They muff a punt. Like, that was a weird play that, you know, where a guy gets blocked into the return man but it doesn't hit anybody. And then one of the Cowboys thought that it hit somebody else, so he goes and diving after it. And then that ends up being a fumble, and the Chargers get an extra possession. A lot of penalties on both sides as well. It was not a cleanly played game. And so as much as I'd love to say, like, hey, you know, refs, keep it in your pocket. The fact is that there was, the whole, like, the holds that they had late in the game, there was a P.I. On, on the Cowboys late, which seemed a little flimsy. But, you know, I mean, credit Keenan Allen. He, would, he got knocked off his route because of the holding. But not a cleanly played game. You know, the, the Cowboys had some drops. Justin Herbert had some bad misfires that were uncharacteristic. But at the end of the game, you know, the home team's coming down the field, down three points, and ends up getting picked off with under two minutes to go. It was close. It was exciting. And, I don't know, the Monday Night Football was, was pretty good. Yes, John Ramos. Which I, I would say that the Chargers are a better team than the Cowboys. And I think they should have won that game. They should have won. I mean – the Cowboys, you don't think you, you? We talk about the fact how 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 talented the Chargers are, and and the I Cowboys think are talented too now. Yeah, but John. are they as talented as the Chargers? Of, I mean, the defense of the Chargers is okay, really so, good. Oh, but the defense cor- of the Cowboys better is good. Better quarterback. I think Herbert's what, better l- than Prescott. L- last night, Prescott played better than Herbert. Is that fair? Yeah, that's fair. Okay. But, I mean, just just because you're better doesn't mean you play better every night. You would have hoped right. Justin, Any Justin given Herbert Sunday, I understand that. I'm okay, so so okay, so uh, on defense for the Cowboys, the Cowboys defense is really good, and Micah Parsons. I love Joey Bosa. Micah Parsons is better. Okay, nobody would argue that. Now, do they have Derwin James? Do they have other guys? And remember, you know, the the Cowboys are down a couple of defensive players due to injury on offense. Like, I, I don't. I I like Eckler more than Tony Pollard, but it, I do they're, too. They're they're similar. They're similar. Um I'd say the Cowboys' offensive line isn't great. Chargers' offensive line has a reputation to be better, but they were not better last night. Micah Parsons is the best player on uh, on either defense. 
He's, he's better than Joey Bosa. It's not really that close. And Joey Bosa is a really good player. Micah Parsons is like one of the five best players in the NFL. And I guess not having Mike Williams there does limit a little bit of the offense, I guess. I mean, Keenan Allen is really good. But I guess not having him on the other side does limit their offense a tad. But I still yeah. do. I still believe the Chargers are a better. I believe they're a better team than the Cowboys are. And I bet. And I think they should have won that game. They, I think they're just but, better. But that's than them. that's classic Chargers. Though, yeah. when you have a better yeah. roster and you're playing at home and you should win the game and you don't. And you know, and you had the ball. And all three losses this year, they've had the ball a chance to tie or win the game. And all three of those, obviously, their losses they have have done. This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. What up with you, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Hope you're doing great. It's coming to you live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com. We hope you get there. Unmatched selection, fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection. Over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com. It's the way that tire buying should be. What's good with you? How you doing? How you feeling? I'm going to, I'm going look, I'm, I tell people this all the time. Last night I was at some friend's house for watching the game and um, it was an awesome TV and awesome setup, but we did not have it on YouTube TV. So we were volleying back and forth between the football and the baseball game because it was a kind of a baseball crowd and we're watching. They're like, man, you're really into this. And I, I mean this. There's literally two football teams on earth I care about and really two sports teams on earth. I don't actually, there's no one else I care if they win or lose. Like my brother's teams, like, you know, because it's his job. But outside of that, like, I'm not really, maybe it's because I've covered it. There's no, I'm going to have no fanboy on a, even on a baseball team. Like, I like the Angels, but my expectations are they're going to stink and not really that hardcore into it. The same goes for basketball, football, like, man, the Chargers. They lived. Ex- it was right up to expectations. I was disappointed because I think Herbert's really good, and he didn't play well last night. Didn't play well last night. But uh, despite that, I hope it's a beautiful sunny day wherever you are. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. You know, um, this is kind of interesting to me. Uh, Robert Sala, he, he did the media rounds today. He was on several different shows, and he had this to say about Aaron Rodgers' superpower. He said, quote, his superpower is his presence. Him being in the building, being around his teammates, being in the locker room, his positive attitude, his thoughts of manifestation, and all that stuff, I think it's powerful. Now, we can say, hey, this is Robert Sala just, you know, trying to keep Aaron Rodgers two feet in the circle, you know, so that maybe he plays at the end of this year. Most likely he plays next year. Blah, 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 blah. But I, I do think there's something real to it. You know, real to it. And if you check out when you're injured and you're in the training room, you're going and doing your rehab on your own, you're, you're, you're not part of this thing. And there is something special to what Aaron Rodgers is doing, right? He was always seen as aloof. He was always felt like he thought he was... You know, that aloofness was like he was more important than the rest of the Packers. The Packers tried to do it kind of communally, and he wasn't that engaged. They didn't think, ask for his ideas. Again, this is from his perspective. They didn't ask for his ideas, and he didn't interject his ideas because it wasn't wanted. And I think it's more than just him being around the team post-injury. It's him being around the team post-injury when he played four plays for the Jets, four. And yet he's still invested. And when somebody who's that successful is around, it means he believes in you, believes in, in the process, believes in, in the leadership. It's a powerful thing. I think it's a real thing. And I, I understand that we can all be cynics about Aaron Rodgers because he's had plenty of missteps and odd things in the past. Those are fair. But... I, I also think that, you know, so many of this, this is a lot like the Tom Brady thing. Guys grew up watching him, idolizing him. And when he spends the, the time to get to know them and have inside jokes, even if it's a little awkward, right, because he is older and he is really smart and sometimes trying to be really cool, like it doesn't always work. Uh, Jay Stu, you've come to really like this version of Aaron Rodgers. Do you think he has any effect on the actual team's performance? If there's one thing that you learn 
and being in this business is that um, of all the interviews that I've heard over the years about guys that have come back from a bad injury, a common theme is that loneliness of the rehab. So it is interesting that to hear you say that he has chosen to implement himself into the locker room still because I think most people do kind of go off and rehab and I have to think there's something to this because Saul is not the first person to say this like there it's been the chatter in the locker room how great it is to see Aaron and hear from Aaron and then you hear about Aaron having having say in some of the play calling on Sunday I don't know if there's any legitimacy to that but it all seems to be very interesting to me and it's as you said, the opposite of, of what we heard uh, from Green Bay, which was that he was just aloof with his teammates and coaches and almost in a difficult manner. So it's the reverse of his of what we've always heard about the guy. Yep. Yep. But what about you, Bayer? Do you buy into the the Aaron Rodgers effect? Yes, I do. I do buy into that. I do believe. Now – it would be a total just guess on is he doing it for the team? Is he doing it for himself? Honestly, it doesn't matter as long as he's doing it uh, because it does seem to have some sort of effect with this team. And I think it helps Zach Wilson immensely. So I actually I do believe that there is something there to it. Hmm. I, I think it helps Zach. Like, I don't know if it's helped his performance, but it definitely – it. It's a little bit like was it Pee Wee Reese and Jackie Robinson? Was it was it Pee Wee Reese? That is correct. Who, who famously put his ar- who famously put his arm around Jackie Robinson? I believe when they were in Cincinnati, when they were hurling racial epithets, and you're like, what's the co- comparison there? It's the look. If he's okay with Aaron, then he's okay with me, right? If he's okay with Aaron, then he's okay with me. You you can do so much in terms of optics to teammates and to fans. It's like um, like DeAndre Hopkins. Like DeAndre Hopkins, who was the name of the kid who the the kick returner who muffed the punt for the Titans yeah, this hum- past weekend? I think it's Humphreys or is it yeah, Ryan he, Humphreys? Yeah, and he comes over to sit down next to DeAndre Hopkins and DeAndre Hopkins immediately hops up. Instead of a guy who I like I don't think DeAndre Hopkins is going to the Hall of Fame, but you know, there's an argument to be made. I mean he's Kyle Phillips. Kyle Phillips. Kyle Sorry. Phillips. Yep. So Kyle Phillips comes and sits down. He just muffed a punt. And DeAndre Hopkins has been a dude in this league. Not a Hall of Famer, but a notch below. Like, a really, really good wide receiver. Is that fair, Buyer? Like, he ain't getting the Hall of Fame. I mean, no. Okay. But, you know, I mean, there were years in Houston where he was as good as anybody. And before he got hurt and then got suspended in Arizona, he, he's, a, he's an outstanding talent. Okay, so a notch below a Hall of Famer, but a guy who's been a dude in this league. If he simply goes and puts his arm around Kyle Phillips, like, hey, we all screw up. Right, does a million things for you. And for Zach Wilson, who last year, the world was against Zach Wilson. Between making fun of him for allegedly dating one of his mom's friends to the team themselves turning on him and wearing Mike White shirts, right? That really happened where over over 10 of them were wearing Mike White shirts. That's the backup. Like, I've never seen that. For Aaron Rodgers to kind of do, again, and it's different, but there's a similarity to the Aaron Rodgers putting his arm around Zach Wilson. He's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Stick with the plan. I believe in you guys. It, it does something. It, it just does. And, and I can tell you this from not first, but secondhand uh, knowledge and experience. When LeBron, you guys remember the year LeBron got hurt? And you're like, which year? He's gotten hurt every year in L.A. The year he got hurt um, on the Christmas Day game. And then he had that weird game where he showed up with the goblet of wine. Right? You guys remember that? That he showed up, he was drinking wine, uh, walking out of his car, and then onto the bench. Like, LeBron during that year was acting super strangely after he got hurt. And, you know, he the team would get introduced and he would wait until the game was about to be played or the game was about to start. And then he would enter Staples kind of on his own to make sure he got his own uh, ovation. 
And I've I've been – it's just stuff where he disconnected from the team because they weren't playing well when he wasn't playing, and that can torpedo your season. So it's not magic pixie dusk. It's just leadership. Just showing up and being there and doing the Pee Wee Reese and putting your arm around guys that need it. And when you're, you know, 40 years old or close to, and, you know, a good portion of the players watched you play in a Super Bowl when they were in elementary school, and watched you win multiple MVP awards, and if, if, if we're good, if, if you believe in us, like, that does amazing things for their confidence. Amazing things. And I, I like, look, let's not be idiots. I'm sure a good portion of this is image rehab from Aaron Rodgers. Makes him impossible not to like. Impossible. So I think some of it is, uh, I don't want to say that it's like a creation of like a publicity creation. Because, again, like I, I'm not going to lie to you and tell you I'm close to Aaron Rodgers now. But there was a time in which we were pretty close. And all these quarterbacks, when they want to turn on the charm, Dude, they're better than politicians. And if you don't think, if you think politicians are all slimy, greaseballs, like, go and have dinner with a politician, a good one. And you'll walk away, no matter what their thoughts or feelings are, you'll be like, you know, I disagree with them in regards to our Middle East policies, but I like that lady, or I like that guy. You have to have whatever that it factor is. And Dan, Dan can tell you, because he's interviewed... Half of them, I've interviewed half of them, and we've all interviewed, you know, and Jason Stewart has dealt with all of them for 25 years of doing radio across radio and booking for Fox. And they're all like, when they want to turn it on, not all of them, but a good percentage of them have that it factor to be like, I, I would, I'm an Eskimo and I would buy ice from them. Didn't you always say you felt like you were best friends with Philip Rivers when he, yes. when you would yes. talk to him? Yes, we would go, we, we go to Charger Camp every year, and we get 20 minutes with Philip Rivers, and you walk away going like, I, I think we're friends. Like, I almost want to exchange numbers. Matt Ryan, same way. Matt Ryan has that same thing. Like, he'd sit down with you. I remember I was at the Super Bowl in San Francisco, and he sat down, and we talked. You're like, gosh, dang. Tony Romo. <clears throat> I mean, the reason these guys all get jobs as analysts is not because they're, some of them are very good, but some of them are just okay. What happens is, you know, they're a former quarterback and they come and they sit down with the executives of the TV place and they're like, man, that guy's awesome. Because in order to lead men in a football game, you have to have whatever that it is. They just have athletic ability, whereas politicians oftentimes do not. And sometimes politicians like Jack Kemp, for example, former quarterback. By the way, didn't Aaron Rodgers start off his Jets escapade really being a lover of New York and showing everybody how much he he was, you know, into New York. He wanted to show everybody that he was part of that team. But also, does this also kind of lead to the fact that we talked about it earlier in the year? Will he come back? Is it worth his time? The rehab takes long. He's old. Doesn't this kind of lead to the fact that he will come back? He's kind of setting it up like he wouldn't. Well, he's coming. He said he's coming back, and okay. I, I don't, I don't, I don't doubt that. The, the question about coming back this year, I, I do think. And again, I, I've talked to a couple doctors. The, the guy who did my knee, I remember him telling me, and I, I think the Achilles is the same. What, what people don't understand now, he, did, he had a different sort of surgery. It's supposed to expedite the rehab. But I think what people don't understand is that when you have. When you have a reconstructive surgery of a tendon, however they graft it, however they, you're actually, the, the day you have surgery, you're actually, you're, that thing is stronger than it has ever been because you have all these staples and you have a graft there. It ain't going anywhere. And then it remains strong for the first couple months. And then at some point, your, the, the replaced tendon like dies and then regenerates and then so there's like a month or two month period where you got to be really careful he's still in that first window so i'm sure there's a window coming up where even though he won't be in a walking boot you got to be cautious about how much you do because when you're when you're placing tendons that's how it works but yeah yeah john i mean he said he wants to come back everybody believes he wants to come back i think he is having fun i think it is different i think it's good to be out of green bay and this is no shot against Green Bay. Like, I could function there. I'd 
I like a, you know, a small town that is a big city only on football Sundays. But he did that for 20 years. And now you get a chance to, you know, in a city that never sleeps. And when you left your different jobs, you've been like at different radio places. Didn't you want to prove yourself again? Didn't you want you happy to be like, you know what? I'm going to go someplace that I feel I can prove myself again and show everybody how great I am. You, everybody has that feeling, right? When they get to a new job or do something fresh and new that, that no they're question. proving themselves no again. No question. It should, it should renew you. It should renew. Now, look, there are some times in which, you know, we can all be honest. You take a, a job and you're like, oh, boy. You know, you take a job because you needed a job and you look around and you're like, is this a step up or is this the end? Right. There's there. Everybody's had those moments. But if you you don't have those moments, if you choose a different place and you you get into it. You know, moving can do a lot of things. Moving can be it's it's like when you move your your kids, it's really hard with the kids or it can bring you closer as a family, bring you closer to your kids. Because you don't know anybody, so you kind of got to do everything sort of together. Or you can let it beat you up and think about the place you used to be and how much better it was and get on the gram and watch everybody be together. It's no different that way. But you're right, John. Usually most motivated people, when they leave a place, and Aaron, whatever the reality of it, like they would have loved to have him, but Aaron created a narrative in his brain that they were ready to move on from him. And so he used that to motivate himself. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. It's Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. So I saw this from uh, Tony Petiti. Tony Petiti, uh, who he used to run the MLB Network. Before that, he actually ran CBS Sports, uh, the, the TV side, for years. And Tony is now the commissioner of the Big Ten. And um, uh, earlier today, uh, earlier today at the Senate Judiciary Committee on NIL, he said, quote, we're concerned that management of college athletics is shifting away from universities to collectives. Get what that means in a second. But first, if you like debit over credit, don't you think it's time to get rewarded? Well, now you can with Discover Cashback Debit. It's a checking account that rewards everyone with cash back on everyday purchases with no fees, period. Check out eligibility in terms of discover.com slash cashback debit, discover bank member FDIC. Look, the idea of that is, you know, everyone's trying to figure out this new world order of NIL. And I warned people a long time ago that there wouldn't be no true NIL. It would just be pay for play, which is what it is. And the way in which pay for play works is you have a collective uh, you can solicit people to donate to the collective. The collective can then sponsor or you know pay people whatever their NIL uh, negotiated terms are. But the way it actually works is you go to individual donors and you tell those donors like, hey, listen, you know Doug Gottlieb needs NIL. Can you take care of you know you can take care of him. So let's say I somebody gave. 50 grand, 80 grand, you know, they, they give me 125 grand, whatever it is for a year. What Tony Petiti's getting to is his Big Ten coaches telling him, like, look, we're trying to do our jobs, but imagine if your salary was paid by somebody outside of who you actually work for. You know, it's not a side hustle, it's your main hustle, but you're, you're actually getting paid. By the collective, but you really get paid by individual donors. So those individual donors now, you know, become entitled and even more powerful. And they, they, you know, if they don't like a player or if they don't like a coach, they can kill the whole thing. Don't like a player? Stop paying them. Don't like the coach? Stop paying them. Additionally, in some schools, they're so powerful because you don't have that many donors that have that many boosters that if the player that they like isn't getting isn't getting uh, playing time, they can more than complain. They can stop payment. And if you stop payment, you lose the player. The crazy system. So yes, Tony's right. Tony Petiti is right. And it's something that they're trying to address. How do you maintain control of your program? And what happens is you have people that they don't know anything about anything. 
You know, what do you mean control of your program? Oh, coaches are losing control. Yes. You're in charge. You get paid from hundreds of thousands to millions of dollars because everything falls under your purview. Well, imagine whoever your manager is, whoever your boss is, if you're under their purview, yet you're actually getting paid by an outside entity, and that outside entity is not supposed to have any power. It's a really hard thing. John Milkoff joins us. NFL analyst, host of 3 and Out podcast. He joins us in the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio, live from the Tyrac.com studios. Uh, last night, was it more about the Cowboys or the Chargers? Uh, I think a combination of them both. I think you saw... You know, a star young quarterback have one of the worst games you're going to see him play. Uh, miss some miss some plays in big spots, and obviously in a low scoring game, it cost him. And Dak really on the it was essentially to me the game winning drive where he scrambled, he made the play to Tony Pollard, and then the touchdown pass where he backpedaled. To me, those are two of the better plays he's made this season. Uh, really played winning football, and obviously Micah Parsons made a play late, and kind of the difference. And of course, Brandon Staley, you know, is very hit or miss when he goes for it, and sometimes it works, and sometimes it doesn't. Yep, yep, yep. Where are you on the Chargers and this season in totality? Well, to me, if you know Justin Herbert, you and I have watched him closely since he's been in the NFL. He doesn't usually, you know, I, I thought you know relative to his standards, was pretty bad. Yep. So, you know, he, one of the five worst games I've seen every snap. One of the five worst games he's played. One hundred percent. So if he if he's going to play bad, they will lose. Especially if you're playing another playoff team. Maybe they get by playing a crappy team. But what's crazy is how often you know in recent memory. Besides, I think they had a little stretch last season. Does their defense you know play like that in terms of points allowed? So um, that, that's a tough one. But it was you know I mean. I would say at the beginning of the season, most people are going to pick the Cowboys in that game. We know how it turns into a home field advantage for basically everyone that comes in, but specifically the big brands, right? The Steelers come there, the Packers come there, the Cowboys come there. So it's it's a huge advantage. Listen, as long as you got Justin Herbert, like just I'm not obviously a big fan of the coach, but they're not dead by any means in terms of making a wild card. Stug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Um, okay, what about Dak? Does this change how you look at him? No, I mean, I, I think if he could just play a little looser, you know, it felt like in the Niner game he was really tight, and it felt like that last year in the playoff game, and when he plays like that, he doesn't have, you know, the physical capabilities. He actually showed some more last night, but, you know, he's not throwing it like Josh Allen, so it can look really, really bad. I, you know, last night there was kind of a looseness to his game. He was good. I mean, he he, he made some really high-level $40 million a year quarterback play. So if they get good Dak, I mean, they're a 12-13 win team, and then it's just going to come down to the playoffs. Obviously, I think when the dust settles, the Niner game, a little bit of an outlier, though they'll have to play them and the Eagles, you know, obviously they play the Eagles this season, but then again in the playoffs to make, to make a run. But it's going to be, you know, to me it was more about the Arizona game when they were down and they didn't show a grittiness. There was a grittiness to them last night that, let's face it, McCarthy's teams lacked. The problem, uh, and you saw it on both teams. Now, a lot of the flags on the Chargers, their offensive linemen aren't good enough. So they, 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 those were all legitimate penalties to me. Some of the Cowboys' penalties are just kind of stupidity. But let's face it, that's kind of been a Mike McCarthy thing, right, since he's been the Cowboys' Coach. Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting, right? The Chargers' offensive line was supposed to be all fixed because you get your all-pro left tackle back, and you had played some some other guys in in his stead, and now they moved over to quote unquote easier positions, and they got exposed, right? They they truly got exposed. Let, let's work our way to the Eagles. Um, look, I I uh, Jalen Hurts was awesome last year, and I'm willing to contend that he's way better than we ever could have thought he would be. On the other hand, and I, I got this really from an NFL personnel guy, like you go from being a game manager and somebody we don't know is a long-term answer to being considered the best player in the league. That's a, it's a seismic jump, and it feels like he's regressing towards the mean. And some of it is tougher schedule. Some of it is they're getting everybody's best shot. Some of it is people have more tape on it and different play caller. But, I mean, could some of it be we may have – gone a little bit too all-in on Hurts too early? I think as a whole, he has not played you know, relative to last year clearly at the same level. If you look at Sunday, though, 
His offensive coordinator last year really helped him out. This year, it feels like because they're paying him all this money, and they do have two sweet wide receivers and a sweet tight end, they're like obsessed with passing the ball. You know, from a betting standpoint, the reason I didn't like take the Jets in that game as an underdog that, you know, you could see, you're like, oh, well, they are talented. This isn't the craziest thing. It's at home was because you can run on the Jets. They're actually built when you pass, right? They have unlimited pass rushers. They have good DBs. They're well-coached on defense. But if you lean on them, look at the Patriot game, right? The Patriots kind of got into this ugly grit-and-grind game. That's not really how they're built. And the Eagles are built to run right down their throat. And then toward the end of the game, even before Hurts threw the, the interception that basically ended it, they DeAndre Swift had 10 carries. Like, to me, that should have been, like, a 35-carry game for the running back group and just completely control the clock, especially when you've got the lead. So I'm not defending the passes. It's clearly just not a good pass for a $45, $50 million quarterback. You can't make it. But I think it's coordinator Brian Johnson, and this is the thing you never know in the NFL when you have a really good coordinator – and, you know, some head coaches, it's why I like my head coach also be my coordinator, right? When you have Sean McVay, when you have Kyle, when you have LaFleur, when you have Andy, when you have these guys, even when they lose a coach, you do not lose the play caller. Well, well Sirianni, who, listen, he's, he's got a root for, I, I like Sirianni, but when a coordinator leaves, that has a direct impact on his offense. And I think you're seeing a dramatic drop-off to just the, the flow. There's like a... We talk about it a lot with players. You know, guys have instincts, guys don't in basketball and football and something you can't teach once you get to the pro level. Let's face it, I don't exactly know how you develop them. It's probably, you know, as an assistant coach, who you're around, the head coaches that teach you, the coordinators you work for, the way your mind thinks about football. But there is clearly, if you've been watching football long enough, in pro and in college, some guys are just more instinctive as play callers than other guys. And you saw last year with the Eagles, there, there was an ebb and flow to everything they did, right? There's an ebb and flow when you're watching McVay or Kyle or Andy when they're working it. You watch Brian Johnson. I've basically watched every snap the Eagles have played. There's just it, It's just like he's calling random plays. It, 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 there's no flow to it. And, listen, I, I'm not trying to absolve Jalen for not playing as well, but there is dramatic – everything's the same. All the offensive linemen are the same. I mean, Lane left that game, but all the skill guys are the same. The only thing that's different is the guy calling the play into the headset. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, like, look, I would, and I know this is going backwards. Like, I would tell you, I thought Kellen Moore got exposed a little bit. Um, you know, the two-minute warning, going to the two-minute warning, the Cowboys were playing very soft and kind of containment coverage. Then they come out of the two-minute warning on third down, and they get after him two straight downs. Like, I thought that was. And, and that's that's the youth of a play caller, right? You're sitting there looking at your sheet and dialing it up based upon personnel or whatever, and they change it up. And, you know, like it happens in basketball at times. Somebody switches defense out of a timeout when you think they're going to go in at the same defense, and you only learn that by experience. Well, think, think about where he learned his offensive philosophy, right? It was as a player for Chris Peterson. And when you watch those Boise teams, and I watched them firsthand when I was at Fresno State, they could light you up in the air. And listen, I, I, McCarthy's comments this offseason about getting back to the run game, I think ultimately what he was saying was we, we just you, we have to be able to run the ball. Welcome to the NFL. When, when did the Chiefs last year really take off? Isaiah Pacheco. Like you have to have a physical running component, and you've got to be willing to do that. And Kellen Moore is just much more inclined to call pass plays. It, it, it's clear. And, and listen, I'm, I'm going to root for Kellen Moore, and it goes back to his Boise State days. But, but he is, when all else fails, going to lean with a pass, even in sometimes a running situation. It's Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. That's the voice of John Middlecoff. He joins us now. Um, okay, so I, I, I look around, and I think of the surprising teams in the National Football League, uh, I'm trying to figure out what happened to the Niners. Right? What happened to the Niners? Now, I, I, I get it. Like, you lose Christian McCaffrey. You still lose on a field goal. Very makeable field goal. But do you think that exposed anything with the Niners? Well, I think for the they've had it pretty easy. You know, it, it, you see it a lot with college. Like, Michigan's going through it right now. They're just destroying people. What happens, and in college, you, you can't afford a loss a lot of the times. In, in the NFL, it's not necessarily a bad thing. And for the first time, they got into a game – one which was close, 
and two, they the other team could match their physicality. And let's face it, the first whatever five games, think about the Cowboy game the week previously. They were knocking out Cowboys. And the Cowboys are one of the more physical teams in the league, and they were sending guys, they've literally sent guys to injured reserve. And for the first time, the Niners were getting knocked out. Within a couple plays stretch, you had Debo on the sideline and Sweat. You had Trent Williams limping off. Christian McCaffrey has blood all over him, oblique injuries. And I listen, I got a lot of respect for that unit, what Jim Schwartz is doing. I'm sure you've on the show said the stat yesterday about how they've less, uh, allowed the least amount of yards. I mean, that defense, physicality-wise, is the most physical unit in the league. I also think the Niners, Drake Greenlaw, while he's not the best defensive player, he's kind of their crazy tone setter. And they got exposed a little bit. The, the Browns were able to run the ball on him, and they hit a lot of like little kind of screen plays. And you can't double-team Fred or you can double-team Dre Greenlaw, but you can't double-team them both. And they, they got exposed that way. Now he's coming back. And let's face it, there was a stretch in that game with the rain where Purdy's you know, hand size, ball was slipping, he couldn't grip it. Which to me, if you would have told me Brock Purdy was doing what Brock Purdy's doing, but he's from San Diego State or you know went to a school in Florida or the South, I'd be like, yeah, that's a little concerning. He played in Iowa State. So, obviously, the games he's, we used to play in there, spring ball, uh, that was never something I had heard of, that struggling to grip the ball. Maybe it was just a weird, slippery day, but it was a major, major issue for about, I don't know, a quarter and a half. I mean, they, they couldn't pass because the guy couldn't hold on to the football, and when he did, the ball was going all over the place out of his hand. Um, I'm, I, I'm trying to figure out what the Patriots are going to do. What do you think their offseason looks like? Well, you know, there's going to be a lot of talk over the next couple of weeks. I don't, I don't know the specific trade deadline date, but I've seen like, you know, the Patriots can unload what? I mean, they got, they got nothing to unload. The best part, if you're Robert Kraft, you don't really need to do anything. I mean, Bill Belichick and Bill O'Brien, these guys are clearly really, really trying. It's not like Bill is, you know, he used to work 12-hour workdays. Now he's nine to five guy. You know, he's really, really trying to win these games and they're losing. So I just think you let it play out. I think the question you're going to have to answer, though, at the end of the season is do you let Bill pick a new quarterback? And I, I probably said this to you before, uh, but I'm going to keep saying this. Bill Belichick, his greatest attribute as a manager, unless he was the coach and the GM, was being ruthless, was being unemotional. He copied Bill Walsh, right? I'm going to get rid of you a year early, not a year late. And it served them I mean, it was great for the Crafts and Tom Brady over a 20-year span. Would Bill Belichick fire himself if he was in a position over him after what he's witnessed? I mean, the, the, the game started. I looked up. They had like a false start on the first play of the game. You know, Mac Jones just wasn't a good player. Uh, I, I never understood the pick. Though, I understand from Bill they were desperate for a quarterback. To me, the team just isn't that talented. That's a reflection of Bill. He's 71, 72 years old. Uh, I, I understand he's made everyone in that organization, specifically the owner, a ton of money. But sometimes, isn't it just time? You know, do you say, I know, do you just say, hey, we're going to have somebody else do player personnel? But I don't think, what does that really fix? Hey, Bill, it's, how, well, I mean, like, look, like, look they have to. guys are just open-minded to that type of stuff. I, I think you kind of just got to rip the Band-Aid off and just end it. And then let Bill, let's face it, I mean, Bill was still, some of these teams would be desperate with openings. The Bears, the Washington, I, I, everyone always in my DMs, Middlecoff, what are you talking about? He's been terrible for the last five years. He's still Bill Belichick. And I'm not saying it would work, but you don't think the the Bears. I don't actually think. I don't actually think he's been terrible. I would point out. I don't think he's been terrible. I think they've been in a talent. Uh, they've been. A, they've. There's been a discrepancy in the, on the negative side of the talent, as opposed to who they're playing against for years. And yet they've still been able to be a playoff team two years ago, seven and nine with a terrible roster and a terrible quarterback in the COVID year. Like I actually think it just the problem is they don't have good enough players. I'll, I'll, t- I'll give you I'll give you a place I'll give you a place that there's a maybe there. Okay, who's the Arizona Cardinals are bad, right? And Gannon's been better than people would have thought. But the guy running the way, Arizona way Cardinals better. way better. I bet. But but the guy running the Arizona Cardinals came from New England. I don't know. It's not not crazy. Not crazy. It's got to be somebody Belichick friendly who's got 
who's got a better grip on personnel. Because he wants to always record. With Brady in the draft room, you know, all these other teams, he would draft a guy in the third round. Everyone in their own draft room would look at each other, and that player would be in like 90% of other draft boards, seventh round. Yeah. But he was always able to get away with it because of Tom, because of the infrastructure, Gronk and Edelman, and they, they could kind of figure it out. But once you remove the quarterback, that kind of philosophy of taking this guy, well, this guy was a rugby player, he's a team captain, he's a 4.0 student, wrestled in high school, but he's kind of an average player. Bill, like, love that guy. And it doesn't quite work when you, when you don't have Tom and a top-flight defense. Awesome stuff, Middlecoff. John Middlecoff, 3 and Out is the podcast. Download it. You'll be rewarded for it. Thanks so much, John. See you, Doug, later. Infinity Presents, a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Traveling for college hoops this winter? Pro tip, stay at a graduate hotel. They're obsessed with college basketball, just like us. Each graduate hotel is like a shrine to the local team with lots of cool details for alumni. Nods to school colors, mascots. Why would you stay anywhere else? They have 30-plus hotels in the best college towns. And get this, you can save up to 30% with the code DOUG. That's my name, D-O-U-G. Good at any graduate hotel, any location, up to 30% off. Book your basketball stays at graduatehotels.com. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota. Let's go places.